welcome to Vantage Worldwide Italy Edition, brought to you by Abacus Worldwide. Vantage examines the opportunities and challenges of doing business across the globe. Each month, experts from the Abacus membership share insight into the business environment in their country, providing you with highlights of what is required for international expansion. Please join me in welcoming our panelists. Katia Agostini is a partner with Studio Fiscale Legali. She's a chartered accountant and is a registered accountant and auditor and an expert in accountancy matters. She's also a legal and commercial mediator and often teaches a variety of business courses. Nicholas Galina is an associate at CMCA Consulenti Associati, a boutique consulting firm specializing in tax and corporate finance. The firm with over 15 professionals is headquartered in Lombardia and Veneto near the main business centers in Italy. Nicola Lanteri is a chartered accountant, official auditor and partner of Studio Lanteri Associazione Professionale Law and Accounting Firm based in Milan, Rome, and San Remo. And finally, our moderator, Roberto Ciccoli, is head of tax at Consulting Centeri, an Italian firm that provides tax, legal, and corporate finance services. Roberto has a deep experience in domestic and international tax law, and he specializes in sports industry, green energy, and in digital companies. Welcome, panelists. Roberto, it's all yours. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. So um, let me start with, uh, with Katia discussing with reference all about the individual taxation. So Katia, led to the others, to, to the people uh, know um, the, the most important aspect arising from the taxation of the individuals. And to be more precise, kindly provide to, to us and to, the, to all the, the people, uh, which are the principal aspect of the, the taxation of the individuals. To be more precise, what is the new individual tax regime for people who decide to become Italian resident, who decide to move in Italy. So the, the, the said uh, inbound workers regime. So can you kindly explain the main features of this regime? Of course. Hi to everybody. Um, presently in Italy, uh, there's a very uh, important tax law uh, for persons who uh, intend to become resident uh, in Italy. Uh, this tax law uh, is named uh, Special Regime for Employees Settling in Italy, uh, provides for uh, tax benefits on uh, income produced by taxpayers who transfer uh, their tax residency to Italy and uh, uh, commit themselves to stay for at least two tax years performing their work in Italy. Um, the tax benefits that, that uh, this new law uh, provide for the possibility of uh, exemption, exempting uh, from taxation, 70% uh, of income earned uh, for a period of five years from the date of entry into Italy. Uh, so it's a very, uh, very uh, important law, uh, new law for individual. Uh, under certain conditions, the tax benefit can be uh, extended up to 10 years 
from the date of arrival uh, in Italy. And uh, if the resident uh, is established in certain regions of uh, southern Italy, I mean uh, Abruzzo, Molise, Campania, Puglia, Basilicata, Calabria, Sardinia and Sicily, the percentage uh, of the exempt income uh, from taxation becomes 90%. So it's a very, very high uh, exemption uh, base. So it seems a, a really interesting and favorable regime. Uh, and according to this, Katia, which are the requirements um, in order to obtain this tax benefit, this fiscal benefit, and also who are the potential beneficiaries of this uh, advantage fiscal regime? Uh, the uh, potential uh, beneficiaries of the tax uh, benefits are uh, citizens, of the EU, the European uh, Union, and uh, also citizen of uh, uh, states outside uh, EU, which, uh, um, with which uh, there is a double tax treaty conven uh, conventions or an agreement on exchange of tax information. So uh, almost everybody could be, uh, could be advantages from this tax new law. Uh, it is envisaged that uh, these beneficiaries have a degree uh, and uh, have uh, worked continuously as employees, self-employed or entrepreneurs outside Italy during the last 24 months or more before entry to Italy, or and uh, alternately have continuously studied outside Italy during the last 24 months or more and having uh, obtained a degree or a specialization post degree. So this kind of uh, people could um, benefit from this tax uh, new law. And uh, um, as to the requirements, uh, the, uh, the law uh, provides that uh, income from uh, employment, uh, income similar uh, to that of employment, and income from self-employment produced in Italy from employees uh, who officially transfer their residency to Italy uh, are uh, exempt, uh, I say, for um, at seven percentage under the following conditions. So there are uh, two different conditions that uh, have to coexist. That the employees not resident in Italy in the previous two years period preceding the transfer commit to residence in Italy for at least two years. So in the pre past two years, not in Italy, transfer the residence and stay here for at least two years. And uh, the other condition is that the work performed uh, must be take place mainly in Italy. So that's the, are the, the two conditions. Oh, perfect. So more, more or less all the people can join this favorable regime. Uh, two years before they have to, uh, to be outside Italy and 70% uh, of tax exemption from the taxable income, okay? And, uh, uh, and 
for how long this tax uh, regime can be uh, can be applied by the new beneficiaries that take the Italian residency. Yes, the, uh, it, there is a temporary time of, uh, of the tax uh, benefit. And uh, this temporary uh, time is applicable for five years, starting from the tax year in which the employees transfer the fiscal residence in Italy. But, for example, uh, if you transfer uh, a residence uh, in Italy in 2020, and start uh, to work as a self-employed, it's possible that you, uh, that you can change and add another activity uh, to, to your uh, employment. So maybe if you uh, start in the 2023 another kind of income and you produce an entrepreneurial income, you can benefit from the tax new regime for both the uh, incomes and for uh, five years or so until 2024, from the 2020 to 2024, five years continuously. Okay, so um, is, are there some specific or particular categories of, um, of beneficiaries or also particular categories of income into this favorable regime? Yes, uh, the, the law has uh, uh, forecast this particular tax uh, benefit regime that could be extended to a professional sportmen uh, sport and sportwomen and uh, uh, providing for uh, an ad uh, payment, uh, which is an amount of 0.5% of the taxable income. The uh, exemption for them is uh, 50% instead of 70% of other people. Uh, and uh, it is applicable also for, for them for five years. So 50% instead of 70% of exemption and an ad uh, taxation of 0.5% of their income but it's a very, very important uh, law, especially for, uh, for football soccer or for other professional sportsmen or sportswomen uh, that decide to move to, to Italy to, of course, to, to, <laughs> to do sport, to, do, to, to play. Always lucky. The, yes, the always, always. <laughs> always lucky. So, and um, is there the opportunity or the possibility in this favorable regime to extend the previous five years that you mentioned before, or is it a, a one-shot time uh, to use for the as a new taxpayers? No, uh, the, the law uh, said, said that uh, it's possible to add another five years uh, uh, exemption uh, period, so for a total of 10 years, with uh, um, a base of taxation of 50% for these five years more. So the first five years, 70% for normal uh, people, 50% for so football soccer or, or, or professional uh, sportsmen. 
and uh, the uh, add, uh, add additional five years uh, could be could benefit of fifty percent of uh, exemption on a taxation uh, income rate, uh, but uh, there should be. Um, specific uh, requirements to have these five years more. Uh, you must have at least one minor child or an adopted child to benefit of these five years more. Or alternatively, you, you can have purchased a residential property in Italy um, by uh, the employee that come uh, to Italy or by his uh, spouse or his uh, child, uh, even in uh, uh, co-ownership. And uh, this last requirement must be realized after the entrance uh, in Italy or in the 12 months preceding the transfer to Italy. Uh, there's also the possibility to have a tax exemption of uh, 90% of the taxable income if the uh, person that enter, the employee that enter uh, to Italy um, has uh, at least three minor children. Okay. Okay, but... Um... In order to join this favorable regime, the taxpayer needs to be um, compliant with an, a procedure. So it's a, it, the, the taxpayer needs to, to follow an operating procedures or it is an automatic uh, joining of this uh, fiscal regime. No, it's not automatic, but there's a very simple procedure because the employee uh, that uh, enter to Italy must provide a written request to his employer uh, who will apply the benefits from the subsequent month uh, salary at, after the request. And uh, in the event of the um, employer not having granted the tax benefit, the employee can benefit directly in his tax uh, return. Uh, if the uh, person that entered in Italy is self-employed, he can benefit from his tax law, um, directly from his tax return, and uh, or alternatively, he could uh, request uh, to the uh, employer the application of a lower high, uh, withholding tax uh, rate uh, by a, a written request, of course. Thanks. Thanks, Katia. Um, thanks for giving us this uh, great overview of this favorable regime that helps uh, the individuals that want to join uh, Italy as a country where to establish a new business or where to, to, to receive some additional incomes. Um, of course, this favorable regime uh, wants to incentivate the foreigners or those who are planning to move to Italy either for personal reasons or also for business uh, for business reasons. Many thanks, Katia. Thank um, you. So um, moving moving forward to to the taxation from the individuals to the to the corporate to, to the corporation to the companies, um, I would like to uh, to ask to Nicolas 
some additional aspects uh, regarding the taxation of the companies. And to be more precise, providing an overview and more details about the tax rate and some specific aspects that um, characterize the, the companies that establishes the headquarters or the, that are incorporated in Italy. Um, so, Nicolas, um, let, let me start. Uh, what is the procedure and the documents that are necessary for setting up a company in Italy, either an independent company or a subsidiary for a foreign company? Okay. Uh, hi to all listeners. Uh, firstly, it's necessary uh, to choose the type of company. Uh, the main entity types uh, in Italy are the traditional limited uh, liability company, the also known as SRL, and the simplified liability, uh, limited liability company, the SRLS, and the public limited company by share, SPA, and the branch Italian office. Uh, typically, the most flexible one is the traditional limited liability company. Uh, secondly, after you choose the type, it's necessary to draft the memorandum uh, and the company statutes, uh, statutes <coughs> that uh, describe the rule of the company. And uh, it, it, the, both, the, both the acts must be registered them uh, before uh, a notary. Uh, after that, uh, it's necessary to require, require the registration uh, in the business register uh, that is managed by the Chamber of uh, Commerce. Uh, registration is mandatory uh, for all entrepreneurs uh, who carry out uh, one of the following activities. For example, I mean, uh, production of goods and services, uh, intermediation uh, in the circulation of goods, uh, land, water, and uh, sky transportation of people and also of things, uh, uh, banking and insurance activity, and so on. Uh, to enroll into the business register, uh, one has to fill the, in the form of the single business communication. Such a procedure, uh, such a procedure enables uh, the entity to obtain the VAT number, uh, that is the tax code, and to be assigned uh, to a, a specific uh, insurance and social, social <coughs> sorry, uh, security code. Uh, in order to, the, to send the single business communication, it's necessary also to uh, register uh, on the free web service, uh, also known Telemaco, uh, and to be in possession of a digital uh, signature and to be in possession of a certified electronic email address, uh, the PEC also known as PEC. Thanks, Nicolas. So those are more or less the, the operational aspects arising from regarding the, the incorporation of the companies in Italy. So what about uh, the principal taxes that affect the Italian corporations uh, in Italy? The principal one are, uh, of I mean, years uh, and Europe that are the, the corporate, uh, the main corporate taxes in Italy. And the tax rate of the of IRS is about uh, the turn. Uh, it's twenty four percent, and uh, under Italian uh, tax law, all incomes derived by the companies and uh, other business uh, entities are always qualified as business uh, income. Uh, to determine the tax base for um, uh, for IRS purposes, uh, the starting point. Uh, is uh, uh, the profit or the loss calculated, calculated uh, for 
accounting purposes, as shown in the entity uh, financial statements. Uh, such amount must be increased or decreased in accordance with the tax uh, provision governing the determination uh, of the tax base for IRS purposes. Uh, subject to the applicable double tax 30 uh, treaty, sorry, uh, non-resident companies and commercial entities are, lay are liable to the tax in Italy only with the respect to the Italian sourced items of incomes as qualified and determined under Italian tax law. Uh, so the regional data tax, sorry, uh, is the, the Europe. Uh, it's the, a, a local uh, tax on productive, productive activities realized within a regional territory. Uh, the standard rate is uh, lower, is 30.9%, uh, and there are different methods of uh, computation for the Europe taxable base, uh, depending on the nature of the business carried out by the taxpayer, uh, provisioning for liability and risk, as well as extraordinary items, cannot be taken into account when determining the Europe uh, taxable base. Uh, for sales and manufacturing companies, the Europe taxable base is broadly represented by the company gross margin uh, in its financial in its financial statements. I mean, th those are the principal ones. Yeah. So, in terms of taxation, so uh, I think that there are IRS, so the corporate income tax, and the Europe, the local income tax. Yes. So, are there for so for corporations some favorable regime or some facilitations like those that Katia mentioned before with reference to the individual, for instance, uh, with, about the tax credit on investments, for example, or other facilitation that you, you think there are? Well, uh, yes, yes, there are. I mean, the, the tax credit on investment is the principal one uh, right now. Uh, every entrepreneur are, uh, are uh, providing that because it's very useful. Uh, all enterprises can benefit from uh, tax credit for investment in new capital assets, uh, regardless of the legal form, uh, the economic sector in which they operate, uh, the size also, and the regime applied for income determination. Uh, for enterprises that invest in new tangible assets, so-called asset 4.0, uh, different benefits rates are provided uh, based on the tax period in which the investment is, in, is realized, are realized, sorry, and based on the acquisition cost. Uh, if such investments uh, are made uh, between the 1st January 2022 uh, and 31 December 2022, or by June uh, uh, 2023, provided uh, that by ter um, 31 December, uh, 31 December, uh, 2022 by purchasing if the purchasing order is accepted by the seller and the buyer has paid an installment of at least 20% of the purchasing cost. Uh, the tax credit recognized uh, for the investment uh, it's uh, different in uh, between uh, it's the 30% of the cost for the investment up to uh, 22.5 million sorry, uh, 20% if the cost of the investments is uh, between uh, 2.5 million and 10 million, 
and it's 10% for the cost of the investment uh, if it's between uh, 10 million and 20 million. Uh, with a purchase cost that not exceed 2,000 million uh, in the remaining tangible assets or, and 1 million in intangible assets, the tax credit is recognized also, but equal to the 6% uh, of the purchase cost if the investment are made between the 1st January 20, 2022 and 31 December 2022, or by June 2023, like uh, before, uh, provided by that by 31 December 2022, uh, if the purchasing order is accepted by the seller and the buyer has paid an installment of at least 20% uh, of the whole purchasing price. And I think this is the, now, up to now is the best, in, uh, best uh, uh, invest uh, best credit uh, benefit you can use uh, for your, your enterprise. Yeah, I think a, a really favorable regime also the tax credit the tax credit on investments. But um, with reference to the to the companies uh, and probably uh, it is Italian companies can be uh, subject to acquisitions, to takeovers. So uh, are there some specific taxes uh, on the extraordinary operations? So like mergers, acquisitions. Um, so what do you think about? I think co corporate restructurings, uh, such as, as you said, mergers, the mergers and uh, contribution in, in kind, are in principle uh, tax neutral, tax neutral, even if for uh, financial purposes the transaction results in the recognition of higher values of the assets of uh, or of uh, in goodwill. Uh, companies may elect to obtain partial of full recognition for tax purposes of the setup in the financial accounting values uh, of assets or uh, of the goodwill arising from the corporate restructurings, provided uh, that they pay a substantive tax. Uh, the substantive tax is calculated on the step up uh, in tax basis and is, is based on the progressive rates of uh, from 12% uh, to 16%. Uh, I mean, 12% up to 5 million euro. Uh, then it goes to 13% uh, from uh, 5 million to 10 million euros and 60% over uh, uh, 10 million euros uh, to be paid by the deadline of the um, tax payment uh, of the fiscal year uh, in which the recognition, the reorganization, sorry, uh, took place uh, or the following fiscal year at least. Uh, or in the same fiscal year, which the reorganization took place, or the following fiscal year, just on. And the substitutive tax uh, may also be paid in the annual installments of 30% of, of the year of election, 30% uh, uh, in the year two, and uh, 30 in the year three, plus an, plus an interest at the rate of 2.5% per year, uh, on the deferred amounts. The substantive tax is not deducible, deductible uh, for the purposes of uh, eras and era. In addition, uh, stopped up uh, values of goods and trademarks acquired uh, from the reorganization 
transaction carried out by uh, carry out may be depreciated depreciated uh, for tax purposes over five tax years in instead of 18 years by paying a substantive tax of 60 percent thanks nicolas many thanks for providing us this interesting picture of the taxation of the companies and also with a specific specific focus on the some facilitations and on the extraordinary operations arising from the companies so uh, let's move forward um, in a niche of the of regarding the taxation of the companies um, and regarding above all the multinational group and the setup of the permanent establishment in Italy so let me ask to, to Nicola some specific information or with reference to his experience, when a foreign company wants to sell goods or services to a local customer in a country, let's say maybe also in Italy, it can adopt a sale commission structure or a distribution structure. So um, very often uh, in setting of multinational group, such sales commission agent or distributor are a related party of the foreign company. In your opinion, what is the best solution, Nicola, from a tax point of view, if a foreign multinational company wants to penetrate the Italian market? Uh, thank you very much, Roberto. Uh, I'd like to know if it's possible just to make a brief comment to the, the before answering to your question, to, to make a brief comment to the uh, explanation, very sharp explanation of uh, Katia. Uh, relating to the individuals uh, that uh, come to Italy and uh, work uh, in Italy and uh, in relation to the specific tax regime. I, I don't know if you can talk about that now or maybe it's better to postpone my, my thoughts because uh, she raises some thoughts in my mind about uh, what she referred. Uh, please let me know. Well, uh, I'd like to, to make a brief comment about what Katia referred to us. It was very interesting, very sharp, and I learned a lot by hearing her, her comments. Um, Katia referred to us about a, a very favorable tax regime for people coming from abroad, individuals coming from abroad, that work in Italy. Um, she raised to me uh, some thoughts about uh, a very new interpretation of our tax agency about uh, a complete different situation, but it, that is always involving uh, individuals that live in Italy. And uh, this interpretation is worth of, of being uh, uh, discussed, in my opinion. I'm talking about the domestic tax regime that is involving individuals that are resident in Italy, but work outside Italy. And in accordance to our Article 51 of the Consolidated Tax Act, individuals that reside in Italy, but work outside Italy for more than 183 days uh, during a period of 12 months, uh, 
uh, well, they are subject to a specific tax regime that uh, in, in some way uh, is not in accordance with the usual rule that we follow in Italy. In Italy, there is a worldwide taxation principle that is always applied. But in this specific case, uh, the foreign incomes earned by people that work abroad and are resident in Italy are subject to tax only on a sort of deemed income that is yearly determined by our tax authorities uh, um, together with the Ministry of Labor. Every year, there is a specific decree that is uh, uh, issuing uh, the, the, the deemed income that is uh, uh, provided for each type of uh, uh, of uh, rank uh, of employment contract, uh, for example, officers, employers, clerks, etc., etc. Well, uh, usually these deemed incomes for each category do not exceed approximately the amount of 160,000 euros per year. Um, just recently, the uh, Italian uh, tax administration released uh, an official interpretation by which this uh, deemed income includes any kind of remuneration realized by the individual resident in Italy for an employment uh, uh, performed abroad. And uh, this uh, deemed income also covers and substitutes, uh, um, for example, any kind of remuneration like uh, uh, stock option, uh, uh, stock uh, grants, plans, etc., etc. Uh, so this means that, for example, if a uh, uh, manager gets a, a very important remuneration, very relevant remuneration uh, for an employment in, for an employment. Uh, uh, pro performed abroad, this remuneration is subject to tax only at the level of the of uh, the deemed income that, as usual, does not exceed the amount of one hundred sixty thousand euros. So this is something that uh, uh, makes uh, provide can provide other other um, thoughts about further thoughts about the taxation of individuals uh, that are uh, resident in Italy, work in Italy, or work abroad. Uh, and uh, I would say that uh, this might be considered a very favorable regime globally for individuals in Italy. Thanks, uh, uh, Nicola. Um, so with reference to uh, the multinational group and to the uh, the structure, agent, or distributor um, in order to create the best fiscal structure for the foreign company that want to penetrate the Italian market. Uh, what do you think about this? Italy, uh, Italy is not an easy country uh, from a tax point of view, uh, especially for uh, multinational. Um, I mean, it, it is considered a sort of, of tough country from a tax point of view. Uh, and uh, 
Italy is strictly following uh, the new rules provided by the OECD uh, after uh, the BEPS actions against uh, base erosion and profit shifting as uh, uh, issued by the uh, OECD uh, in 2017 and 17. Um, in particular, uh, tax authorities uh, pay a lot of attention to any foreign company that has uh, a subsidiary in Italy in order to understand and to assess if uh, the functions performed by the foreign company in Italy through the setting up of a subsidiary are uh, uh, correctly remunerated in Italy in accordance to the transfer pricing guidelines. But they, are, they will also want to assess if uh, the Italian subsidiary can be treated as a permanent establishment uh, of uh, the multinational of the, of the group, uh, of the foreign group in Italy. Uh, in the past, uh, the attention for this kind of structures was not so high as uh, today. Uh, today, there is much more attention, as I told, because uh, uh, the concept of permanent establishment uh, uh, was uh, uh, improved. Uh, now, uh, we have uh, the OECD provided uh, uh, a different concept of, uh, permanent, of permanent establishment. Uh, and uh, this concept uh, attracts a lot of uh, subsidiary in Italy, a lot of subsidiaries in Italy, uh, in uh, uh, the concept of, of permanent establishment. Uh, for example, uh, I don't want to enter all the, all the hypotheses of permanent establishments in Italy, but uh, for example, if we go through Article 5 of uh, the OECD uh, Model Tax Treaty as uh, uh, rewritten after the, uh, the BEPS action, we say that uh, where a person is acting in a contracting state, uh, so for example, is acting in Italy on behalf of an enterprise and in doing so habitually concludes contracts, uh, or, and this is the new, the new concept or habitually plays the principal role leading to the conclusion of contracts that are routinely concluded without material modification by the foreign enterprise. Well, this uh, might create a permanent establishment in Italy, and this subsidiary might be considered as uh, a a permanent establishment of the foreign company in Italy, which are the consequences of uh, requalifying a subsidiary into a permanent establishment. 
Well, these uh, consequences must can be very heavy uh, because usually uh, if uh, uh, companies requalified as a permanent establishment, the Italian tax authorities uh, will access two taxpayers, that is the subsidiary itself and the permanent establishment of the foreign company. The permanent establishment of the foreign company probably never filed uh, an income tax return with the Italian tax authorities. So there is also the risk of a criminal assessment, uh, a criminal sanction against uh, the officers of uh, the foreign entity that never declared the existence of a permanent, of a, of a deemed permanent establishment in Italy. So uh, by just limiting the issue to the so-called DAPA, that is Dependent Agent Permanent Establishment, uh, it is possible that uh, uh, an agent in Italy or better, a, a, a subsidiary of, uh, of uh, a foreign company that is acting as an agent uh, in Italy performs uh, some activities that are uh, <clears throat> the activities uh, of, uh, a, of uh, a limited risk distributor because for example, this subsidiary supports the risks of, uh, uh, of the stocks of inventories, supports the risk of credits, uh, and I'm talking about an, an, economical, uh, an, an economical ownership of such risks. Well, if this is the case, uh, uh, this agent, this subsidiary, although remunerated correctly in accordance to the transfer pricing guidelines, might be requalified as a permanent establishment of uh, the foreign entity. And uh, as such, uh, this agent might be, this permanent establishment might be attributed uh, by a, a remuneration that is the one of, uh, for example, a limited risk distributor that is usually ranging between 4%, 6% of the turnover. So this means that uh, the foreign company and its officers are charged for penalties because they did not declare a profit in Italy that is approximately equal to the four, six percent of the entire turnover that the Italian subsidiary is channeling for and on behalf of the of the foreign entity. So this is something that must be examined very carefully before setting up an Italian subsidiary. I'm talking starting since these recent years because usually uh, multinational have uh, um, like to set up Italian subsidiaries that are providing services for marketing other subsidiaries that are providing services for warehousing, uh, other subsidiaries that are providing uh, 
services for collecting monies, but there is the attention of the Italian tax authorities uh, to collect uh, all uh, and uh, to put together all these functions, uh, although attributed to different entities, uh, in order to detect uh, and to, to assess uh, the existence of uh, a, a permanent establishment in Italy of the foreign group. Thanks, thanks, Nicola. It's a very interesting, very interesting in, uh, picture and uh, overview of the um, uh, of the issues that a foreign company can have in establishing a permanent establishment in uh, in Italy. Many thanks. Thank you. So this has been a very interesting conversation so far. And Roberto, you, you've been asking all the questions and providing your insight, but I know that you um, work in a really interesting and exciting area in terms of innovative startups. And you have some uh, thoughts to share on, on that aspect. Um, do you wanna tell us a little bit about what the law on innovative startups provides? Yeah, uh, so first of all, the innovative startups are more or less a niche group of the companies. So the taxation of the innovative startup is more or less, uh, as more or less the same aspect that Nicolas um, provided to us and also can be subject to the issues that Nicola just said uh, during, during his speech. Um, this niche group of companies um, has been uh, reglemented by the law in 2012 uh, with the legislative degree 179. And uh, in this case, Italy has adopted an organic legislation aimed at encouraging the birth and the growth of new innovative companies due to the big growth of the digitalization due to the big growth of the digital companies above all in the US and also in other countries. So um, with this law, the Italian um, government wanted to establish um, a new particular regime, favorable regime for those companies that are innovative and digitalized. So are there any specific technical and operational requirements for these companies? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, being a niche group, it is required for those innovative companies to be compliant with the requirements established by the law. Um, to be more precise, according to the law, those facilitation measures uh, can only be assessed by listed corporation or companies. So this is the main uh, requirements. And also, they need they those companies need to meet to meet the additional requirements like to be NUCO or to be incorporated no, no more than five years the date of they become innovative companies. And also they need to have the main office uh, or the, the quarter or a branch located in Italy or the production site also needs to be located in Italy because the aim of the government is to create value in Italy even for companies that are controlled by foreign companies located abroad. And also the revenues must be lower than 5 million euros. So 
small and medium-sized companies because um, the government says that the big companies doesn't need to be helped in with this favorable regime. And also, they need to not distribute or not to have distributed dividends to, to the companies. And the main requirement is, of course, to perform innovative services or produce innovative goods or to have innovative processes into the companies, able to qualify those companies like innovative. Um, also, those companies need to be created as a new goal, as I said before, and that they don't uh, arise from a merger or from a demerger or from a spin-off. So it is required to create a new business, innovative business or innovative process. Okay. In addition to this, those innovative company, companies needs to, uh, to be identified or to, be, to meet an additional requirements, an additional, um, can I say, indicator, okay? Because the law foresees three indicators and each company needs to meet at least one of those three indicators. The first indicator is an amount of at least 15% of the higher value between turnover and annual cost that the, must be attributable to research and development activities. So the main, one of the, one of the indicator is to make research and development activities in order to create innovation, to create value. The second is about the workforce that must be composed at least of one thirty by PhD students or PhDs or researchers in order to help the innovation, in order to contribute to the innovation. And the third pillar is to have um, a registered patent or a license, even from a company located abroad, um, regarding an innovation of of products or an innovation of services or an innovation of processes. So uh, the new the new co or the innovative companies must, me, must uh, be eligible to be innovative only in the event they meet at least one of the three indicators in addition to the other requirements I've mentioned before. So there are some, um, um, I can say um, there is a scan for those companies. But if they meet, if they meet this scheme, for sure they are able to benefit of some specific facilitations. Okay. Great. So we talked about some of the requirements. Um, what are some of the benefits um, that innovative startups have? Well, um, the benefits are several. There are several benefits for uh, this kind of companies arising from fiscal matter, regarding fiscal matters, corporate matters, or also administrative matters. For instance, um, before, at the beginning, there was also a digital and free incorporation. So now it is required to be incorporated by the public notary. But at the beginning, uh, there was a digital and free incorporation. And now those kind of companies are fully exempted from chamber, chamber of Commerce rights and the stamp duties. Um, uh, this gives to, to those companies the opportunity to, I can say, to be part of the Italian Chamber of Commerce project 
not paying the fees for being part as the other ordinary um, companies in Italy. Um, and also uh, they have a particular extension moving to the requirements or the facilitation regarding um, the corporate uh, matters, they, are, they have the extension for the deadline for coverage of losses. So in case of losses exceeding one third of the share capital, the companies can have a longer period of time than the ordinary companies to cover those losses uh, according with the provision of the Italian civil code, okay? But also uh, they have the waiver from the current provision on shell companies and on loss companies. So this is an additional provision that they can have because uh, the, government, the Italian government uh, uh, probably foresaw or hypothesized that this kind of companies in the first period of their life probably would have subject to, to have a higher amount of cost due to the investments or in order to to compete in the arena uh, with the other innovative companies. For this reason, the losses can be um, covered or it is possible to waive the, the specific rule for the companies that uh, has um, frequently losses over the years, okay? There is also a particular exemption, for example, uh, from the obligation regarding the um, the conformity, the compliance uh, uh, of, in terms of um, conformity visa uh, for offsetting the VAT credits. So usually the Italian tax companies needs to, um, to use uh, something like um, a compliance visa uh, in order to offset the VAT credit higher of 5,000 euros. In this case, the amount is up to 50,000. So it is possible to offset the credit without this visa for an higher amount. And, um, but the most important um, opportunities for the innovative startups are, in my opinion, the fiscal department regarding the, the, the equity investors. So each equity investors can have a fiscal department or a deduction from the taxable income of 30% of his investment for an amount up to 1 million euros for the individual taxpayer and up, up to 1.8 million euros for the companies. So if there is a company that invests in innovative startup, they can deduct from their taxable income 30% of the amount invested up to 1.8 million euros. The same for the individual with a different threshold of 1 million euros. Okay. But also, um, it's possible for this kind of company to benefit of a fund uh, guaranteed by the Italian government that guarantees all the loans up to the 80%. So it is possible to have the guarantee from the Italian government of all the cost loaned by the bank. So the coverage of the cost um, arising from a loan by the bank up to the 80%. And um, also, uh, in my opinion, another interesting opportunity regarding the innovative startup is the fact that they, they are not able to fail. So they are exempted from the, the failure or the bankruptcy procedure. 
this is a great opportunity for those who want to invest and then has to spend money and then are outside of the common procedure for the bankruptcy. Um, in my opinion, in addition to the, the facilitation and the benefit, there are some specific uh, tailored um, opportunities for the, for the innovative startup, for the investors that wanna, for the shareholders that wanna create innovative startup arising from some specific project. And one of these is a project called the Smart Start Italy. It's a project um, uh, managed by an Italian public entity owned by the government that uh, provide to the company an interest-free loan of 80% of the project. So if there is a company that wanna invest around 1 million euros, okay? This company can benefit of a free loan guaranteed by the Italian government up to the 80%, so up to 800,000 euros. And uh, um, in order to, to create the business, in order to uh, compete into the arena and in order to have additional clients or in order to, to have a more quota of the market, okay? There are in the south of the Italy, in addition to the interest-free loan, there is a one-off grant of 30% regarding the cost that are authorized by this Italian company, this Italian entity, um, in order to, to say, uh, to, to have the, the company that are located into the south in order to be innovative. Okay, wow. So, so it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity in Italy for, for everyone, um, startups and, and businesses alike. Yeah. Um, well, I'd like to thank everybody, our, our panelists and our moderator for a wonderful discussion. And thank you to our audience for joining us today. This has been Vantage Worldwide Italy Edition, brought to you by Abacus Worldwide. Please don't forget to find other episodes in the series on your favorite podcast app.